back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> What's up? This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. We're weird, and we're brought to you by Wingstop. Uh, go and get yourself a chicken sandwich. Uh, this is, uh, I'm Jake Bachman. He is Rico, and we are previewing. Of course, we're getting ready for Nebraska-Oklahoma week. We asked you guys to send in your favorite memories, and we, of course, got plenty of them uh, from the Nebraska-Oklahoma rivalry. The black 41 flash reverse pass probably comes first and foremost to many of uh, younger Husker fans, and older Husker fans probably would go with the Johnny Rogers punt return but we've got through uh plenty more as well um Augie says his first memory is in 77 he said got killed by OU and my dad was screaming at the tv to fire Osborne age 52 oh that's nice <laughs> so, hey, there you have it there was it was uh we don't always know what's going to happen or what's gonna but there did I mean that, there was some pressure on Osborne to win that game thought he couldn't do it after taking over for Devaney who obviously toward the end did it pretty well mm-hmm uh, other uh, responses here, other than the I, I said a word last uh, last segment. People mostly just went <laughs> just went, a lot a lot of that. Yeah. So this is so this game, kind of taking it just completely off of what we were talking about. This game is going to be a big test for a unit that Husker fans seem to have a lot more confidence in and feel good about as opposed to last year, and that is the punting unit. Because Marvin Mims Jr., I'm reading it right here, ranks sixth nationally in average punt return yards, 19.3 on returning punts. So that is going to put the punt unit to a big test. Brian Buscini, uh, the transfer from Montana, yes, uh, has kind of, not kind of, has really improved that unit and, and, and shown that you know, maybe it was the specialist that needed a little bit of a change. Mm. Um, but, you know, he, he's done a great job, and there haven't been really any returns or, or, or barely any yards per return uh, on the punt unit for Nebraska. But going up against an explosive return like this and, a, and an athletic team like Oklahoma is going to really put that unit to the test. And I know that's something that maybe not a lot of people are worried about, more worried about the offense and the defense. But in terms of, you know, if it, if it does – somehow some way become a field position battle brian buscini and marvin mims uh is going to be a good matchup to look at yeah that's that's a good one to point out uh brian buscini by the way averaging 47.4 yards a punt it's been a long time since I like nebraska's that. done that i don't know if he'll finish that that's a lot of it's a lot of yardage but you know it's possible uh for what it's worth he won't be the best punter in the game we'll run down that a little bit yeah. later um but uh, he averaged 46 yards a punt last season so um he's doing pretty solid five of his 12 punts this year and Inside the twenty, I like it. I love punter stats. That's that's coffin corner kicks. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness, it's so cool in there. I love special there. teams. Oh yeah, like you love you love disgusting, dirty football that includes like seven points max. I love special teams. <laughs> special teams is my jam. Yeah, and, and so that that's uh, that's one matchup to look out for. The other one is, and Johnny Rogers talked about it this the, the other day too. We've got. You know, part of this has to be a mentality, and in part of the mentality, the punt return unit is everybody do a job, get a block. Mm-hmm. Is basically what he's saying. They don't have a punt return yard yet. They've they've fair caught everything. They've had multiple 
instances where they could have returned the ball, but they've chosen to fair catch. I don't know what the reasoning behind it is. I don't know if it's kind of if it might be a a, a thing where you kind of look down and you saw people and you thought they were going to be closer than they ended up being by the time you caught the ball. But there have been instances where they could have caught the ball and I mean not like they were going to break it. I mean, there's always a chance you could break something. Somebody could mess up an assignment and somebody throws a good block and you you find a lane. But there are times where you can gain, you know, five yards. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but five, that, that, that's five yards closer yeah. to your goal. So I don't know. It's it's really weird. And, and again, maybe it changes. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. And last, I mean, last year they they were awful at it. They averaged like two and a half yards per return, which is basically falling forward after the catch instead of, <laughs> instead of fair catching it. Just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> which is better than what they're doing this year. I mean, it, and it's it's also weird. I don't. I was going to pull up the depth chart. I don't know if it's still this way, um, but I don't know who the punt returner is. They it seem has to be changed. switching guys. Every other punt, it's not like a game to game scenario. It's just different guy back there every time. I, it's it's. I've I, seen. I Oliver, don't understand. Mar- I've seen Oliver Martin. I think Trey Palmer yeah. was back there for a while. IGC's been back. there. IGC was. Uh, Marcus Washington. Did he? No, he didn't do. He hadn't caught Trey Palmer. Like I said, Trey Palmer. Yeah. So Oliver Martin, Trey Palmer, IGC. There's somebody. Alante Brown, I think, was back there once before. Also, it's been it's been a weird rotation of. Punt returners not returning. It's a fair catcher. <laughs> yeah. And like can you not just find one person to just wave their hand if that's what you're gonna do every time? Right. Who's the most sure handed guy? Yeah, I, I guess. I, it's just it's 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 one of the mysteries here, and we'll, hopefully that will be something uh, that that changes moving forward because I I suppose through three games, maybe you're not too mad about it, but at some point you you're just not accepting part of the football uh you know the football game that's out there is that 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 can definitely swing a game definitely change field position and it's also something that's been frustrating over the years you got a special team a dedicated special teams coordinator this year to change that stuff they throughout the frost tenure there were several years where they would end up this way because they didn't trust their special teams unit Mm -hmm. they would just fair catch kick returns and punt returns and not even give it really an effort um you've had a couple kick returns attempted yeah but that's what i'm saying at least they started the year trying Mm -hmm. (laughs) i thought it was pathetic that by the end of the year they weren't even trying but at least they started the year trying i don't i and like you said i think there's been a few where you go well get at least got five six yards out of that you could have at least tried i don't it's very confusing because Look, I, I'm not down there. I don't know. I don't know how the guys are feeling. I don't know how the coaches are feeling. But I know. And look, this is this is absolutely nowhere close to Division One football. But I know when I was returning punts in high school, I wanted to take every single one. I wanted to. I wanted to catch it, and I wanted to run with it. I didn't want a fair catch, and and just kind of you know leave it up to the offense. I wanted to see what I could do if I could make a play, if I could you know help out the offense in any way that I could. <clears throat> I didn't I didn't I didn't want to fair catch it. That's not that's not something that you want to do as a return man. So I don't know if they're being directed to do that or if it's just lack of faith in the guys blocking for them. It's it's very confusing, but you gotta think with the amount of athleticism that they do have. This team this team has athletic guys returning the ball. You would think that you would want to have those guys in space making plays, attempting to score. I mean, that's exactly why you have these guys, because on the offensive side of things, because it's all offensive players doing it, you're trying to get your playmakers in space. Well, on a punt return, they're in space. There's going to be a lot of space if they don't fair catch it, if they have the room. But so far, all you've seen is hands waving in the air. 
Yeah, and, and and Johnny Rogers said it too the other day that he'd never fair caught a pass. I don't even or a punt. I don't even know if it was legal back then. I don't know if they had that. Uh, they certainly didn't have the halo rules. Those came no. around uh, earlier in the, in the early two thousands. So it's a lot more dangerous to catch pa- punts back then. And, mm-hmm. and he still, you know, didn't call for the fair catch um, because he's a weapon. And and you feel like Nebraska has the athletes uh, to maybe change that game. Like you said, look out for Marvin Mims out there because he could certainly do that and change this that game if it's weapon. another close one. Uh, I mentioned earlier the the best punter in this game will probably be Michael Turk. Uh, he's uh, averaged 51.2 yards per punt, uh, and they did lose their, their kicker. They've got a pretty darn good kicker last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, his name's hard to pronounce, Gabe uh, Brickick, but um, they replaced him. This, this new kicker's not really tested out. He just had a few field goals, not long ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll kind of see what, what, what you have there. Um, quickly running down just some of the other weapons to look out for Oklahoma here. Uh, first, it should be noted, I know a lot of people are looking – um, a little bit away from the offense or thinking it's not going to be as prolific as it has been, which is understandable under mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley. But one of the big offensive coordinator hires, maybe other than Nebraska and Mark Whipple, like a, a nationally known name was Jeff Lubby, who Oklahoma took. Uh, used to be the UCF offensive coordinator. Last year was with Ole Miss. We all know how UCF and Ole Miss's old offenses looked. Yeah, I mean, Matt Corral, uh, he made you know Matt Corral look pretty good there last year. It was okay. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> Until the bowl game when he got injured. Yeah. Don't play bowl games. Sad. <laughs> but um, so that's, that's interesting. See how that offense gets going. Obviously struggled throughout the first half last week against UTEP before kind of turning it on um so i mean it, it's not it's not it's not mid-season form right now mm-hmm. but i think that's an excellent pairing especially for longtime defensive coordinator uh brent venables to bring in he's got the defensive side he's got to fix it hasn't been good for 10 years mm-hmm. um well, especially with a quarterback like dylan gabriel i mean you, oh, yeah. you pair dylan gabriel with jeff levy and that just well, he's worked for at, he's worked with that oh yeah and yeah. that's that's just a perfect pairing for for a defensive minded head coach where he can kind of leave Put the reins in in the offense uh, in Jeff's Jeff Lebby's hands, and he has complete trust in Dylan Gabriel to run his offense, his style of offense, especially with the type of weapons that Oklahoma has year in and year out. Uh, it's a perfect pairing, and like you said, it's not in midseason form yet, but there's going to be a point where where they explode onto the scene. Hopefully, it's after this game. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that's going and their defenses look pretty solid. Granted, they've only played UTEP and Kent State, so I'm not really sure exactly how much. Um, how much you can put into that and how much you can look forward to their defense still being, you know, allowing 13 points against UTEP and three points against Kent State if you can say they're, you know, a top 10 defense at this point. Granted, I mean, they did it against Division One opponents, but not to the caliber. <laughs> this sounds weird to say, especially after you just lost to Georgia Southern, but not to the <laughs> caliber of a Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is kind of weird because I, I do hear that a lot. You know, um, you know, they've been they're not very tested. It's like, well, Nebraska is kind of tested about the same. You got different results. Hey, they so. were tested. Northwestern, North Dakota, <laughs> right. Georgia Southern, yeah. a lot of directional schools. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got to play the big boys in yeah. Oklahoma. Um, not directional. Not a directional school. Just a just a national powerhouse over, Whatever. The, over the several years. Uh but their big weapon, like we said, is Marvin Mims, probably just in totality, not just as a punt returner. Uh, 5'11", uh, 184, pretty quick. 244 yards receiving so far. None of the other receivers have over 100 yards. Theo Weiss, Drake Stoops, um, these are kind of their other guys. But that's the kind of a position of concern after Mario Williams and several others. Mario Williams, of course, going to USC. Mm-hmm. Several others departed the program is that they're probably not as deep there at wide receiver. Um, Theo Weiss is fine. You know, had like 500 yards receiving or so last year. Um, Drake 
Stoops is dependable, but um, Marvin Mims is really the only weapon that I'm too concerned about on the perimeter for uh, for Oklahoma. He had uh, last year at 606 yards, or excuse me, last year at uh, 705 yards and five touchdowns. The year before 2020, 606 yards and nine touchdowns. So he's a proven player. Uh, we mentioned Dylan Gabriel, very accurate passer, pretty cool in the clutch. 529 yards so far, five touchdowns, zero picks. Looks like he's not having any you know problems coming over. He had an injury last year with UCF, mm-hmm. um, and uh, of course transferred to US UCLA. Yeah, for a minute he's going to be a UCLA. And then as soon as it was, I think it was like the day after Lincoln Riley announced that he was going to um, USC. Dylan Gabriel. Or no, it was after uh, Caleb Williams entered the transfer portal. Yeah. Dylan Gabriel transferred or said he wasn't transferring to UCLA. He was going to Oklahoma. Yeah, and Caleb still could have, uh, you know, was could leaving it out back. there that he was going to go back. Well, and that's interesting because DTR still out there at UCLA. So just a lot of known quarterbacks in that mix. But Dylan Very Gabriel weird. ends up at uh, at Oklahoma. Uh, 75 career passing touchdowns to 14 interceptions. This guy's about as proven wow. as you can get uh, across the country. Over 8,000 yards. Again, I think the only question is, is he going to return the same as he was before? Mm-hmm. I think uh, so far, again, hasn't played the best defenses, but looks pretty, well so looks far. pretty darn good. He's protected by uh, Wanya Morris, a 6'6 senior offensive tackle. Could be a first-day type of pick. He was the only All-Big 12 selection uh, on this offense for the Lindy's preseason magazine. That, and that's a little bit different about this Oklahoma unit, too. Usually they've got plenty of those guys peppered in. It's kind of a prove-it type of year for a lot of these guys. Um, the offensive line, a bit of a question mark, too. So we'll see where that goes, but the, they do have a pretty good tackle protecting them. Um, <laughs> Their offensive line is the opposite of Nebraska's offensive line. Nebraska's offensive line is pretty young. You've got a yeah. couple sophomores. I think you have two seniors, and then the rest are sophomores. Um, they don't have anybody that is less than a junior. Hmm. They have two seniors, two redshirt. Ju- or hold on, so it's a junior. So I'm going from the left to the right. A junior, a redshirt junior, a junior, a senior, probably fifth year senior, uh, and then Wanya Morris, a senior. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty veteran experience. Group. They play together a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then the other guy on offense to look out for is uh, Eric Gray, the running back. Uh, pretty versatile and explosive. Uh, former Tennessee transfer has a, uh, almost 18 or has 1,896 career yards, uh, 173 this season. He's not quite, you know, Adrian Peterson or uh, Demarco Murray. Demarco Murray, by the way, on the sidelines as well is the Isn't running back. Yeah, he's the yeah. running backs coach. He's not quite Quentin Griffin. I like my Oklahoma running backs. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but he is he's he is solid. Um, but again, I don't I don't think you know and they've, if they, they've got another back there that's pretty solid but again I, I i think marvin mims is still when i look at that offense i make eric gray beat me i make the re- like anybody but mims because nobody else stands out you as got theo weiss yeah. marvin mims jaleel farouk those are their starting receivers six one five eleven and six three well at least they got six three yeah they got six three they got omar man throw it in there in there um on the defensive side of the ball again this is a, a unit that Really, a struggle, of course, kind of just faded. It used to be a, a unit that would stand out. And then over the years, it's just kind of like, it's just Big 12 football. And, and you know, they'll have like one athletes, or two but... guys. They'll have a pass rusher and like a good defensive back. Yeah. And that's about it. 
Nick Benito no longer there. He's moved on. That was kind of their big guy last season. I don't know who it is this year, but I'll tell you who's off to a good start is defensive end Reggie Grimes. Yeah. He has four sacks already, um, so you got to watch out for him. Uh, Jalen Redman, a, a good defensive tackle on that line. Uh, their linebackers, I think uh, Danny Stressman leads the team right now with 21 tackles. Deshaun White is a, a three-year starter, uh, so they have some pretty good uh, unit there. A lot of a lot of uh, respect preseason for the defensive backs. Woody Washington, probably the leader there. Mm-hmm. It's a veteran secondary uh, considered a strength coming into the season. At the same time, they're 109th nationally in pass defense, so not too much of a strength. Again, it's a it's a bit of an overhaul um, for Coach Venables to take over. Of course, he was um, a longtime Clemson defense according. Before mm-hmm. that, he was with those uh, really good uh, Bob Stoops Oklahoma teams, um, so that, you know, as part of it was just kind of this whole story is him coming home, but the defense, not overwhelming, and I think that uh, this is probably your best time to get a Brett Venables defense <laughs> at Oklahoma as, as opposed to the years to follow. Oh, yeah, you get year one Brent Venables, game three uh, on this defense. It's the perfect time. Like, you know, we've said it before many times with, with Oklahoma. It just seems like you get them early. That's the best time to to get them before they start rolling. So getting this Brent Venables defense at a time where they're probably still adjusting to the things that he wants them to do. Like you said, they're 109th nationally, and that kind of matches up well with what Nebraska wants to or has shown the ability to do which is pass the ball uh so i mean we'll, we'll see exactly what's going to go on i i like I, I i like the matchup of nebraska's offense against oklahoma's defense i hate the matchup of oklahoma's offense versus nebraska's yeah. defense so they, they they're probably like that it could turn into a track meet you never know uh, especially with a brent venables defense and and with you know a new man leading the way for nebraska but like you said it's going to be really interesting to see how nebraska's offensive line tries to contain Reggie Grimes. I mean, four sacks in two games, that's wild. I don't care who you're playing. That's pretty darn good. Uh, Somebody off the text line asking, too, on the other side for Nebraska, has anybody else been a little underwhelmed with O'Shawn Mathis? Keep thinking he's going to have a breakout sack. Uh, Well, you hope that happens. I mean, he did get one sack, but altogether, it's not just O'Shawn Mathis. It's the pass rush attack Mm -hmm. altogether that's rarely getting the face of the opposing quarterbacks. Again, Oklahoma has given up five sacks in two games. Maybe you get a few here, but I don't think that that's the the magic answer we're all looking coming into the season. Nebraska hasn't had a great pass rush since Randy Gregory uh, and Avery Moss back there. I, I don't think it's returning this season either. Probably not, unfortunately. So... If you're if you're looking for the pass rush to just kind of magically spring to life against Oklahoma, maybe maybe not exactly what you should be looking forward to. I do expect them to have a better game. I'm I, I don't expect. I'm hoping they have a better game. Yeah. Um, Oshawn Mathis has been he hasn't been finishing it, but he has been getting around the quarterback more. Yeah, they need somebody to be a little bit more disruptive. Um, at times, you know, Garrett Nelson did help with the pick there. It's been few and far between, but you know they've made a play or two, and of course that's pretty much the that's pretty much the defense at a whole. Um, the, the pass rush is not the strength; it's also not the weakness because they don't have a strength. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> you know I don't know where to point to. Hopefully they get that fixed with the new man in charge. We'll take a quick break here, round up things on the ticket water cooler that's coming up next year, 93.7 the ticket. <laughs> 